Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Karen McCabe's the first team coach. Amazing to be back. Um, although a completely different scenario. How difficult is that for you, like, um, obviously being based down here and the kids and wife in yeah. Manchester? It's got to be quite tricky. Yeah, it is difficult. Listen, when I got the call off Steve to come back and be part of the setup there, we had a long conversation at the beginning. It was something that I'd, I'd literally just moved house and got the keys that day. We were just literally unpacking boxes into the new house we got, like, Manchester. And then I told her... Oh, by the way, I just had a call. What people don't understand is that she, she, people say, well, she, she's got a great life. That's what people think. She has got a great life. But that doesn't always pretty, mean. It doesn't like, mean. No, there's still a lot, a lot of struggle to it. Yeah, it's not plain sailing. There's a lot of struggle to it. Then. You got tripped in the deep end a bit at Huddersfield a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I've had the caretaker a couple of times. What was that like? Because I loved it. I'm assuming sure. being the under 23 manager. Yeah. And then the first team manager when things aren't going that well yeah well. it's not easy is it no it's not easy I think when a, uh, obviously a club like Cardiff are linked with one of their own um, and obviously to such a world star it's going to be exciting whether that's was like you said a small story that grew and, and wasn't the case or was the case I think there's going to be excitement and a, a real sort of Easy, easy. Lowest point, I think, obviously, we specifically started filming, coming here the first season, uh, signing and going through what we went through as a family. Um, obviously, my wife losing her sister to suicide. Not something that we ever spoke about at the time. Never used it. I didn't. Again, it's, I would fully change how I am now to how I was then. Like, Darby, Darby, yeah. You meant it was that, a good goal, way. You meant that, didn't you? You didn't just feel it. No, I did mean it, yeah. I don't know, but again, yeah, I, I don't know why or what happened at that moment, but I definitely meant it at the time. Um, got a shout, shoot from how many thousand people on the way. What was it like when Craig Badley came to the club? Because um, he's got a bit of a reputation as being a bit prickly, but everyone who I have spoken to 
says that they like were so impressed by his professionalism. And you brought the level of training up. His expectations of everything around him and the setup was at the highest level as you can expect from where he'd been. I think our relationship was good. I think we had a mutual respect. We were you captain uh, when the fire in- the fire extinguisher incident happened with Tom Heaton and Kevin McMartin? No. Was Kev that told the story. When did he view the Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome back to Ace Podcast Nation. We're here for another episode of My Story, back at Eat Sleep Media. And uh, I'm delighted to say that uh, today's guest is a former Charlton player, former Huddersfield player, Fulham player, but of course, most importantly, a former Cardiff City skipper, legend, scorer of that goal, which <laughs> I'm sure we'll discuss. And of course, current Cardiff City first team coach. Mr. Mark Hudson, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, we've been planning this for a while, haven't we? Yeah, finally got (laughs) in. But you know, I feel I always feel bad, like because footballers are notoriously difficult to get hold of, yeah, and like pin down and stuff. Not because they're awkward, but it's it's just like they're busy, especially with you and you're doing coaching and stuff like that. Yeah, and the season and. I was just worried I was going to be like he's going to get so fed up and me just messaging no, him every no, couple no, of weeks. No, no, I'm not like that. I'm not but, like uh, that. No, it's good. I'm glad to just, uh, to get it up and running. Yeah, just just general reminder. <laughs> general reminder, isn't it? Um, so yeah, you're back in Cardiff. We as well start there. Yeah. How's that? Amazing to be back. Um, although a completely different scenario, um, but it's coming back after such a long period of time away. I think. Um, there's lots of familiar things that make you feel I suppose comfortable um, obviously being this side of the fence the coaching side something I've always wanted to do anyway so that that never fazed me coming back to be an ex-player to then a coach mm. that's never been an issue so coming back the familiar things and the familiar staff members that are still around the club and lots of good memories here so yeah I felt settled straight away which is great it's awesome best city in the world <laughs> there's that but I would say that I suppose I would say that um, so we'll come back to Cardiff in a minute I kind of wanted to go right back to the beginning of your, your life your career and yeah. stuff like that like tell us a bit about your kind of your upbringing and how you got into football in those early days yeah, I think what was you like as a as a teenager or a teenager I mean you can go way back before that I think I started playing football at five um, really early uh, early memories always just every time I had an opportunity to do something or play or it was always with the ball mm. um, so I was doing that from a young age I remember playing for sort of I think it was under 16 local to where I lived played football all the way through it's all I ever really wanted to do um, got guided by Dumbling my mum to say she wanted me to concentrate at school as well, which is great. So I had a good grounding with that. Um, plan yeah, as well. just just because obviously there's so many no's along the way with football. Um, such a small percentage of, of players actually come through and say ha- be a professional, but actually have a longevity in the game. It's such a small number compared mm. to how many try. So my mum was always just make sure you concentrate I know you love football I'll take you wherever you want to go and which testament to her that she did that um, gave me the opportunity to do football but you have to concentrate at school which 
I did. Not saying I was very good at school. Mm. But you but tried. I, I did try. Yeah, I did try. And, um, so yeah, no, I had a, a bit of both, and then lots of no's throughout the sort of teenage years when people. It's different now with academies, but it was more um, I'm trying to think of what it was. It was like schoolboy forms at those times. Lots of unsure trial and like yes or no. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I, even before when I was at Fulham, so I was at Fulham from I think I'd say ten. And I was there till 22, 21, 22, which is a long time. But in that time at the beginning, even when coming up to when you could get schoolboy forms and stay on um, and go into the youth setup properly from about 15, there was lots of no's then, not sure. Some coaches were yes, some were no. So I I never went straight into the, I suppose, academy setup by the time I did college and football. Okay. So that's, that's quite interesting because... I think uh, it is a very different way of going into football these days. Like, i got three teenage boys and two of them are kind of football mad and they've been the oldest one and the youngest one have been kind of in and out of the mm. systems of different clubs and stuff. And uh, I certainly appreciate how much my dad used to take me around the country yeah. to do trials or go whatever. And back then it was, like for me, it was like... Uh, you know, go to whatever for a trial, go to Bury for a trial, go mm. to Bristol for a trial or whatever. Whereas now they tend to put them into, you know, for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Into the development centre. Yeah, no, I get it. My, my, again, my mum, if it wasn't for my mum, might used to take me into London at Fulham on a Friday night, sit in the cold in the car, wait for me to train, take me home. If there was a game at the weekend, take me back. If I was at Swindon when I was younger, used to take me to that. So that... It's tough. I've got three kids of my own, and my eldest, who's 11, turning 12. Obviously, I'm here. Wife lives with based family houses in Manchester, so she's doing a lot of the driving around, relying on friends yeah. and family. And it's difficult. And like I said, if it wasn't for my mum continuing that, um, my parents split up when I was, say, 10. And if it wasn't, I had an older sister, so my mum had that to deal with as well. But if it wasn't for continuing it, you're just falling out of the way. Yeah, you were just naturally... Drifted away from it, yeah. It, and she knew, I think she knew, and I can see it in my eldest. It's, he's really good at school, very clever boy. All he talks about things about football. Yeah? Yeah. So I, And again, I look in that, being a parent now, and then thinking what I would have been like, testament to, again, testament to my mum, to do that, drive me around, give me the opportunity. But always kept drilling in, mm-hmm. make sure you're good at school. How difficult is that for you, like, um, obviously being based down here and the kids and wife in yeah. Manchester? That's got to be quite tricky. Yeah, it is difficult. And it's something that, again, not... Everyone says, like, the job you do, and even when you're playing, it's the best life in the world. And don't get me wrong, it is. It comes with all the benefits, and there's loads of things that you're doing what you love, and that's great, but it's hard work to get there. And it's not been an easy route to get to, to do what I'm doing now. But mm. And... My kids have been brought up. I've got two boys that were the older two that were born here in Wales. My little girl was born in and around Manchester, and it's we built we, when we moved to to Huddersfield at the time. We moved to Weatherby, too far, too isolated for my wife at the time. So we moved to Manchester, being the centre we thought would be the centre, and being able to connect to everywhere we needed to go. So, but we keep that as a base. Yeah. If I work somewhere else, I travel one. She, don't get me wrong, she would move back here tomorrow. She mm. literally would love to come back. But my eldest, like I said, started his secondary school, just about to complete year seven. 
it's difficult then, isn't it? It's, it's so difficult with children. Kind no. of up and, and again, it's, it's, it's something to talk about. It's the the average lifespan of a manager is in any job at the moment, I think, is roughly about nine months, and that's the average. I mean, you can go beyond that. And the thing is, do you uproot your family, take them out of school, yeah. take them away from their friends, all this, yeah. and then six months later you could yeah. be out of a job? Yeah, exactly, and then you could go somewhere else, get another job, and they could be they could be here, and it could be the other side of the country, for instance. And yeah. We t- we're quite good. We're really open with the conversation. We talk about it all the time. Like I said, she would have loved to come back. She would literally move here tomorrow. Mm. We decided for the best for the, the kids and everything at the moment. That's not. It's not too far. It's two hours forty five minutes really for me. I get home when I can. They love coming down here. So we've got a bit of good balance. Yeah. Kids, it's tough being away from them and obviously the wife. I miss them. They miss me. But they know that they know that I'm good at what I'm doing and in that respect that I can give this my best shot so yeah it's a, it's one of them as well I suppose it's like when you get these types of opportunities you you don't want to pass them up I suppose no in the same way as well no exactly and I listen when I got the call off Steve to come back and be part of the setup there we had a long conversation at the beginning it was something that I I'd literally just moved house and got the keys that day we were just literally unpacking boxes into the new house that we've got back in Manchester and then I told her oh by the way we just had a call um, and she's like well I'm not, listen you're going and mm-hmm. it was never a question so she, but she said I've done it every time we've moved out so I've literally left there to it it's sods though though isn't it the, the day you move in that you get offered to me yeah again and it's that's just the way the football world works it's, it is it is frantic and it is I've got a really supportive wife and the kids understand it to a point. They're not that old, but they're still kind of learning it, but they do learn it. They know that it's it can be here, there and everywhere. In one minute you're doing this, the next minute you're gone and doing something else. Um, that's just how fast-paced football is. So, but again, the wife, I've been with her since um, 20, when we were together. Met at 21, so she's seen, a, she's seen a lot and knows how football works, so... Yeah, funny enough, we've um, on the last couple of shows that I've done, just by sort of coincidence, really, we've had ended up having conversations with different people from different industries. I think it was a fighter, a rapper, and yourself now, where we've ended up talking about the the woman behind yeah, the, yeah. the 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 support network. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it's um, I find it really interesting because I've been through a lot with my health over the last what ten years or so. And like I wouldn't have got through that without my wife. Right. And I kind of talk about that quite openly, and I say like, you know, she's the kind of thing which keeps us all level. She's the glue. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm quite, I'm quite fascinated. And you know, some sometimes people don't want to talk about the, yeah. their families and things behind yeah. the scenes. But like, I am kind of interested in that because I think footballers' wives get tired with like a, a certain brush, don't they? Yeah. But ultimately, like you've just talked about. They have to put up with yeah. a lot. They're on their own a lot. They, yeah. if they've got if there's kids involved, they're usually on their own. Yeah, yeah, kids. yeah. They've got to put up a lot. Like I said, I can't thank her enough. She's school runs. Yeah, and school. Yeah, and again, and it, I'm not saying that we we don't have a massive family around that mm-hmm. to have. She hasn't got a lot of support, and although there's parents and parent that are willing to help, but aren't really able to. So. She's she takes on a lot, and it's not something that we again we don't talk about. We do talk about it a lot, and I'm very grateful for her to give me the opportunity to go and try and succeed. Um, 
on the flip side of that, that if I was just sacrificing what I felt that I was really good at then I wouldn't be the same person I wouldn't be the same maybe husband or father so there's yeah. a good balance with it and we're open with it and again they're what people don't understand is that she, she people say well she, she's got a great life that's what people think she has got a great life and that doesn't great. always mean but it doesn't like, mean no there's still a lot of, a lot of struggle to sailing, it yeah. yeah it's not plain sailing there's a lot of struggle to it um, there's a heartache there's a lot of like again being on your own isolated and all that comes with it that people don't really see but yeah I, all, I often think about that about quite like younger footballers sort of you know, mid to early 20s who've got families and, and then they move to you know they come over to the, say the UK from Italy or Spain and people jump on them straight away if they haven't scored you know, mm. we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Ten goals in the first ten games or something, and it's like new country, new language. Their their wife is not only going through all that stuff that we just mm. talked about, but also they're in a different country. Yeah, where they're yeah. They can't just go down the shop to go and yeah. get milk or you know whatever it may yeah. be. It's um, it's certainly a side of things which I think uh, football fans don't always. It's think a about. huge part actually. We've, I mean, I talk about it all the time. We talk about like trying to help people settle. It's a huge thing, especially if, it, like you said, it's it, it's an actual country change. There's different ways of living. They're, like you said, the language barriers. There's trying to settle not just themselves as players. Um, families trying to settle kids into nurseries the the wife partner can be feel quite isolated because you've got to get them to integrate into the, the partners that are at, at the club at the time it's a huge thing um, and form will fluctuate with that so yeah it's a big thing how difficult is that for, for you then I suppose you've got the benefit of being a player previously yourself mm. but like I want to talk more about you yeah. today but like Cardiff I've just brought in I think 11 players yeah. that's a lot of players to yeah. try and help and integrate yeah. and not just integrate into the team but the area yeah. and everything yeah I mean we've got the support staff behind at the club very very good um, always straight away obviously they'll be put up in hotels uh, and ideally don't want them to be in there too long so then Say, for instance, Vicky at the club, she, she'll work with the players literally day in, day out, trying to sort of link them up with whether it's house, whether it's flat, whether it's inner city, out city, we really want quite. So trying to understand that player straight away. Yeah. We'll have done before we recruit, and this is something that we work on quite a lot, is we'll, we'll look into the, the player, whether it's partners, whether they're single, whether, for instance, Shay's been in before, and it's just trying to find and understand them and what they want and making them feel comfortable straight away. So introduction to meeting everyone around the club, um, mm. making them feel welcome, really. Like, we've, we've brought you here to be part of this. So making them feel like something to be excited about. So constant management. We've got a board that we work on. So there's constant trying to be constant player contact yeah, uh, and just work, work every player to what they want specifically. And and get them to blend into how, again, how we want to play this. So that's a different side of it. 
yeah, it's blended in both on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah. I guess, it? Like I, I like a lot of the kind of ex Cardiff players who I'm sort of friends with. They, I know them from the local pub that I used to drink in. So like, they all just lived in that area, yeah, yeah. and they all just went in that pub. <laughs> no, people can kind of guess, like, I suppose. But like, yeah, do you know, what I mean? so they were all they all lived pretty much in the same area, yeah. and then. But I think Cardiff is so broad now in all cities. They're so big these days. And you might have one player who wants to live in the city centre. Yeah. You might have someone else who wants to live yeah. on the outskirts in yeah, a yeah. quiet area. And Yeah, I mean, that's where when I played here, we lived the other side of Cowbridge in a little country, a little country, little village called Langan. And it was nice. that's where the kids there. It was quiet, but it was accessible to everywhere. We didn't necessarily want to be in the city but everyone again everyone's yeah. different so we've got to find out what suits everyone um, and trying to sort of accommodate all that along the way so again make make them out, get them out of the hotel as quick as possible get them into somewhere they feel like a bit like home and then obviously then make them feel welcome keep checking in on them not just the football just seeing if there's anything that can be done anything that we can help with because there's a lot of experience in around the club that know what card is about and then just trying again, just trying to help them settle more, so then the football becomes much much easier. Absolutely, we talked about the pressure of um, like football management. Obviously, like I think it's nine months was the average. Yeah, that's it's not long, rough. Is it? It's not long. It's a rough figure. There's some that obviously have a long time at no. certain clubs. It doesn't happen a lot if you look around. Um, and certainly not in recent times. Have it? No, no. And again, so so we know. I, I know that I knew that coming into this side of the game that that's that's the way it is. So I think one, you've got to understand it, and then there's something not to worry about. You have to park it. You have to forget it. It's not something I think. Oh well, but you can't really. You can't look, it, can no. you? So in a funny I try way. to think about almost life from football as well that. If there's something that you can't really affect, what is the point in worrying about it? So, again, we'll just concentrate on what we're doing. Again, there's been a big change, like you said, this summer. Um, on off the pit, well, in this playing staff, in staff, and just trying to concentrate on what we can control mm. and then focus on that. Uh, full belief in what we, we're doing with that. And then trying to then get it onto the pitch. Everything else fall into place. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, again, that's... Yeah, again, it's not something I'm worried about at all. I think, again, you got tripped in the deep end a bit at Huddersfield a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I've had the caretaker role a couple of times. And it's what was that like? Because I loved it. I'm assuming be being the under 23 manager, yeah, and then the first team manager when things aren't going that well. As yeah, well, it's not easy, is it? No, it's not easy. And I look back and you always reflect on stuff that's gone. I think. So I was under 23s, loved that, absolutely loved that transition and having that team for, I think it was just over 18 months uh, leading that and then stepped up to first team coach. Then at the, not long after being the first team coach at that time, took it as a caretaker for a bit. Had the Man City game that I've spoke about before. Unbelievable, I suppose, like you said, chopping in at the deep end, but I loved that. I thought it was great, I think. The pressure was off. We were playing City at something that you got to go and enjoy. It was on Sky as well, so something go and enjoy it. Do what you can with this week. So yeah, you're on anyway, that was fine. Then had it after another manager. Then had it for I think four or five weeks with an international break in that time. So a bit longer. Yeah. A bit more Did you things trying to fit. The second time? There was conversations within the club and that's just what happens. That 
there's going to be there's possible there's going to be there was a change we wanted to take it for this period of time we're not going to make a sudden dive into another manager uh, we want to go through a proper process and that's the way it happened so leading and being part of a coaching staff that is yours that you can mould and affect is great um, and that's what we've got here we've got a coaching staff and unit that we're all in it together we've all got the same mindset of what we want to achieve we've all got access to have our opinions and it's an open environment which and when you're hands on and you feel like you're being trusted to do the job so we can ask for yeah I've um, the, had several footballers in here now at, at different points including um, Darren Pearce obviously come in yeah uh, but like everyone uh, everyone I've spoken to recently from the world of football have, have told me how highly they recommend uh, recommend how highly they rate uh, Tom the assistant manager yeah Steve yeah they really spoke like Derek Brazil I think if he could have sat here and just talked about Tom for <laughs> like 45 minutes he yeah would have, yeah of course but it's to me from the outside at least it, I just look at like the manager and I look at the assistant manager yourself Darren Percy it just seems like the setup is full of very talented coaches but also people who know the football club yeah and I think that makes a difference doesn't it yeah of course I think and that's not always going to be the case no it's, and that's not that's just uh, that's how football works yeah and obviously we're at that situation now so I can speak about that as a, as a whole as it is mm. so you've got people that understand the area you've got to understand what it means to play and be part of Cardiff City I think it's huge um, understand what it means to the fans we've got a way of playing that we think will excite the fans I think they've wanted that I think so we've, we've got an understanding of what that looks like hopefully that we can start it's been coming growing and bit by bit it doesn't happen overnight um, again a lot of change to the, the players um, bringing a lot more energy we've got a link to the youth system that we promote really really well I think that that's crying out the club's crying out for it and we've shown that already with the, the young players coming through and again you're just having an understanding of what and a feel for what is wanted from within the way that we want to do it but is what is what is expected from a, a Cardiff City team yeah 100% it's um, I find it like again from the outside looking in I just find it really fascinating and the, the kind of makeup of the coaching staff now compared to maybe a few years ago and it just looks on paper it looks really good and looks really encouraging <laughs> well that's good to know I can't, I, like I said I'm not, I won't comment on obviously previous yeah, of course. No, previous managers and, and coaches and they've had success um, and hopefully we can have success as, as yeah that's it, it and I think as well like you mentioned like the fans I think uh, been looking to get be entertained like at the moment and I think the second half or when from when Steve Morrison took over boys that came yeah. naturally and I think that lifted the fans that got everyone behind the team and yeah. it, it was good it was a pretty good for, you know second half of the season I think yeah yeah I'd say so pretty good I mean we we know what we were going to expect and I'll, obviously that's something that you don't you're not going to portray we knew what we would get we knew where we probably would have our acceleration with parts we knew where we'd have a drop off because of the way the season was going again playing staff players that we knew that were I suppose coming to the end of contracts there was a big big group of those players and we, and we knew that we wanted to bring some youth and excitement through and you've got to get a balance and there's a lot of good teams in the league so we knew where we were, we were and I think 
think taking over mid like mid season is always never easy and is you can never pick and choose you want a pre season. No one's ever gonna be able to say, Right, I want wanna come in, in the summer and go, right, here's all my what are my ideas and then you get it all, you don't. So we've we're at an opportunity now where we've had that last season was last season. Um there's been a huge change within like I said, the squad. I think the players that we've so far got are exactly what we wanted. Um Good ages, good players, good people, um, and going to bring a huge amount of energy and excitement. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you know? Um, so I can ask you this: you can take it out if you want. Yeah. Um, but I'm more interested in not necessarily the ins and outs of it, but like the actual how it feels to have this one story just grow and grow and grow without really anything coming from the club. Obviously, we saw in the summer Gareth Bale was like linked massively to Cardiff. It just this, it's like a, if it interests me more, like how this small story, which usually starts in the media mm-hmm. and then is like stoked by the media, yeah, and it gets a life of his own. Fans get their hopes up, and everyone's kind of like, Oh, he's he's coming, he's coming. And it's not necessarily just with Gareth Bale, it happens yeah. with all sorts of players. But yeah. how difficult is that to deal with, like within the club where you've got things which. And again, not necessarily with just Gareth Bale, but just mm. generally when things might be said in the media, fans kind of jump on it, mm. and there might be no truth to it whatsoever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think I think when a, uh, obviously a club like Cardiff are linked with one of their own, um, and obviously there's such a world star, there's going to be excitement. Whether yeah. that's was. Like you said, a small story that grew and, and wasn't the case or was the case. I think there's going to be excitement and a, a real sort of is he, isn't he? I think obviously I can't comment on what his decision-making is and stuff like that. I know ultimately he's, he's gone to LAFC. So you can't control any of that. I think what our focus is or what we can control, and I said it before, there's certain things you can you can worry about and you're wasting and burning energy you don't need to do. So all we could focus on and we know the media's there. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've not read the media. I didn't hear. I didn't hear any of it <laughs> because you hear it, and I'm not stupid. You definitely do. And but again, all you can focus on is what you're doing, um, and that's what we, we we did. We controlled what we could tr- control and focused on the players that we were going to bring in, the ones that we knew that we were going to we were getting close to, the players that were there already, the preseason that we wanted. And then put the, the work into the players, and that's again, that's all you can really focus on. And again, that's there's stuff that behind in, in football that that gets controlled that we we literally just it's got nothing to do with us. We literally will just focus on the team and and do what we can do. And like I said, ultimately he, he's chosen LAFC, and we everyone wishes him all the best and be as successful and as fit as he can for what is the World Cup. But again, that was. If he came, he came, and if he didn't, he didn't. And yeah. I think that you can't be disappointed in the fact no. that he's gone on his decision. His, his his decision, whether we could or couldn't get, is here or there. So we, you've got to get excited about what we've got and what is in. As soon as they're in the blue shirt, they're in the yeah. blue shirt. That's it. And do you know, I blame Craig Bellamy. Do you know why? <laughs> because he made it for Cardiff fans like myself. He made us think that it was possible. Because he, he did it. <laughs> no, so I, I I agree completely with, what, with pretty much everything you just said. Like it's, it was just 
for me as a, as a fan it was always like a bonus yeah do you know yeah I get yeah. it I understand it yeah. like I said in but it's difficult not to get excited <laughs> well he's such a well, he's a world star isn't he and that's what's not to get excited about I think like I said we can only focus on what we knew was happening um, with the players that we were getting really close to and that's that's where we are and look as a Welshman I also understand the decision to go to America where the season finishes in October and he's got a few weeks before the season, uh, World Cup starts and stuff begrudgingly <laughs> um, so let's, let's let's go back to you let's yeah. talk for you because you've um, you had ups and downs in your careers mate absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely um, yeah. Obviously, we haven't really got enough time to go through every single part. Yeah, 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 but like, yeah, sure. Let's 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 start with maybe the negative. What's, what do you think is the lowest point you agree? Um lowest point. I think obviously we specifically Cardiff. I mean, coming here the first season, uh, signing, and going through what we went through as a family. Um, obviously, my wife losing her sister to suicide. Not something that we ever spoke about at the time. Mm-hmm. Never used it. I didn't. Again, it's, I would fully change how I am now to how I was then, purely through knowledge, experience that I would deal with it differently, um, and that's through age as well. Um, came literally as I came to sign. We drove back to London to collect all the stuff to come back, and then it happened that night. Um, woke up in the morning to it. I think three, four days later, I'm coming back for pre-season. Um, and wife came with. We stayed in St. David's. Don't think we left there for six to eight weeks. Well, obviously, I went training. She didn't really. Mm. Not ideal. Not at all. I, again, like I spoke about before, um, managing staff knew, no players knew until way down the line into the season. Um, There's so much to deal with. So much to deal with. And again, I'm... I'm part of um, a charity now that helps with mental health. Um, it's something I've spoke out about a lot. The older I've got, the more I'm capable of dealing with it, as well as being able to do my job and be a husband and a father. Um, it's still part of our life, still to this day. Um, it's 13 years last... Two, 13 years, two weeks ago, roughly. Pretty much, yeah, 10 days ago. So it's always there. It's always something we deal with. There's Can't good moments, time. really tough moments. Wife goes through a lot. Wife's mm-hmm. family go through a lot. We experienced it all. Um, but that that year was, I think, brutal one because I wanted to come and be successful, and every player wants to do that. And I wasn't. I wasn't anywhere near what I f- thought I was. And again, I felt quite young at the time, looking back now, being a 40-year-old, you, mm. you look back and it's easy to look back and think, well, could have dealt with that better, could have, could have changed the mindset in that, in that respect, but it was just all a bit of a blur at the beginning. I was given the captain's armband. Joe had it. Joe left, obviously, went to, who I'm really close with, left and went to Celtic. I never expected the armband. I was given it at a time where probably wasn't well I'd say probably wasn't ready for it mm. um, probably wanted to go under the radar a little bit I think I look back and think any player going through something like that you just literally want to go under the radar and try and blend in as much as you can obviously mm. you can't when you're a captain on the other side of that once players that I got really close with 
understood started to help me um, I started to feel better towards the end of that season went away new season and then we sort of kicked on from there a little bit So, but I would say that year was and again like I said it's that's not just the year it's, it's been continuing since but for football that year was yeah. tough well it's bound, it's bound to be I think um, like it's such a difficult and confusing and, and all the you know worrying upset and all these yeah. different words and brutal is a word that you've used as well like all of those words describe that kind of situation very truthfully and I think to then it's one thing to try and go to do a day job or mm. something like that and deal with that sort of thing um, and I know myself how difficult it is um, but to do it in a job where you're in the the public eye and then you have people not just your you know your manager or your boss assessing your performance but you have 20,000 people yeah. assessing your performance plus you know TV pundits all yeah. the rest of it all which would normally you know use part and parcel of football but of course when you're kind of um, in that situation mm. everything's a bit more raw and a bit more difficult yeah. and a bit like I, I could only imagine how difficult that season was and it was a new and, and plus all the things we talked about at the start about settling into a new yeah, area yeah. and yeah and again that's what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. There's an experience I've gone through that's probably aided my ability to go to different places and meet different people and all that since but it's not uh, it's not what you would want to be able to aid that um, but at that time I look back and I, I spoke about it before we've, we've, I did something with the Mind Charity did a piece with them and it was I remember going for haircuts and I used to sit uh, as soon as you put the, the sort, of, sort of robe on you you used to get just hot feel uncomfortable mm. I was like just get get me out of here as soon as, as, soon as you can now I look back and see all the stuff that I've learned about understanding what those things are just not in a good place at all um, and that's why I wanted to be able to do and help as many people as I could with the charity and understanding what that people go through yeah and like so you know with I'm trying to work out in my head the years and stuff yeah. in terms of what sort of support would have been available through football at that point yeah. if you would be you know if you had decided yeah. I need support because I think how football views and deals with mental health has changed drastically Huge probably change, in the, yeah. probably the last 10 years Huge or so. change. and again you go back that like, I don't I could not tell you where I would have found help I could not I go back I still now obviously like you said the football's come on along uh, a long long way from where it was 
I've done recently done a mental health first aid course to be certified to help understand what people go through and see signs and stuff like that not to say that that's given me any kind of like greater knowledge in it but I look back and there were like I said staff knew fitness coach at the time Alex Armstrong introduced me to someone to speak to spoke to them once didn't feel comfortable with that person but that was that one occasion it wasn't much after that I didn't know where to look for it I didn't know who to turn to or where to go and I can understand lots of people have been the same even up to now and it's gone a long way since then so just trying to make it accessible to everyone that anyone that needs any help that it's again you can there's there's places you can go there's people there's contact numbers readily available there's charities that are there that are literally crying out to help people um, and that's again just promotion but again I look back and think I wouldn't know really where to go and who I could trust in a way to feel that I can empty out here because I feel like I'm on the verge of just just bursting the, the tears all the time that's the thing isn't it it's like you're just bottling up that stuff and it's just the more you bottle it up the worse you feel the more anxious you feel mm. and you get all those feelings of like anxiety and, and things yeah. like that and you just need somewhere to go and like you say just empty it all out Yeah. but back then there probably there probably was places yeah, yeah. but you'd have had to go to I know certain places yeah, to get yeah. access to it well you've got to be you straight away you've got to be really open saying well I've got a problem with someone I need to mm. find help who do I go to and then ask someone else who do I go to and, or, or why and then you've got to say constantly keep telling the story and it becomes like a big thing then, yeah yeah it? of course yeah, and that's why people don't and even people. now people that don't go and find help is because that first bit is a hard bit but again there is much more accessibility to it now than there probably was back then and Thank you. Well, thank God for that, man. Yeah, hundred percent, Jacob. Um, uh, so I, um, I do a mental health and sports show with Jacob uh, Kelly, who works. He, I think he works with Bristol Rovers. I think it's Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Um, doing work with. I don't think. I think. Don't think it's just them. But he does predominantly with them, um, but he works alongside the sort of the FA and the football mm. club clubs to try and work with current players. And I gotta say, he's found it from what, I, what he said to me like he's found it quite difficult in some areas of the game shall we say mm. uh, some places have been a bit more what's the word not abrasive but like standoffish but yeah not as eager to, mm-hmm. to get involved in that sort of it's thing it's still a subject that far people find difficult to deal with and there's always going to be this sort of stigma that it's, it's football's a men's world you've got to get mm. on with it and craft through stuff but ultimately it it's not um, if it's at that sort of kind of level where it's really affecting one of yourself family performance in his dealing with um, and I think that's about being in contact again I can only speak of where we are with coaching staff of our players any issues that we that, that we feel that we can see in different behaviours then we'll make sure we're, we've got like I said we've got a, this board that we've created that has a contact piece for, for players so we know that we can see, we can sense if there's something we'll, one of us at one time will go and ask them if there's anything that they need help with. And it could be little, but they've got to be accessible. That's that's what we want to make ourselves. You don't know if it's little, do you, if you don't? So we're there again, that's what we wanted to try and help with. So That's good. Trying to make it as open and an environment where you can, that's how you build trust ultimately. 
100% definitely I, I'm, I'm really I'm pleased to hear that and I'm always, it always like <clears throat> as I said like football has changed drastically in the way it deals with mental health yeah. I know that just from some of the people I've spoken to but like it always makes me feel better when I hear people like yourself who are you know, still involved in the game still day to day involved in the game and you hear things like that in place and that it's not a kind of oh yeah everything's better now so yeah. that's it yeah, there's, no, there's, no, still there's, there's no end game to it there's no end game and it's only something that you can try and promote and and follow on with and it's like I said there's no going to be suddenly about everything there's all the access and everyone's going to be fine it ain't so it's just a never growing project I think within all walks of life yeah. obviously we're here to talk about football so within football yeah. it's growing and it, it will continue to grow so that season was tricky yes um, you, had a, year, yeah. you had a pretty good time under Dave Jones I think um, and it's really interesting because I've kind of got two different not different sides but two different experiences with um, with Dave Jones so on one side um, Andy Campbell left the club under Dave Jones and they had a bit of a falling out and then on the other side Kev really really enjoyed his time under Dave Jones and I think I'd be right in saying he was probably his most enjoyable period of his career on the pitch you seem to be you know it was quite a successful period for you Cardiff did pretty well yeah is that where you the way you see it with Dave because I feel like he's quite a a character which some people seem to gravitate to and then some people find a bit more difficult yeah to again I think that's down to coaches and players isn't it I think again he brought me in Terry Burton was there unbelievable coach um, had an unbelievable career in the game being a coach I learned a lot from them individually but I've always said that in anything I've ever spoke about about my route there's always stuff that you should pick up from everyone good, good and bad mm. so again there's lots of things that I took from that he brought me in brought me to a football club that I found very successful over the long term of it yeah. um, again somewhere that I've had two babies at so not at the football club but in, <laughs> in Wales and then so can only thank him for that yeah, for being putting himself out there putting the club out there to come and get me so um, yeah and there's there's been managers along the way that I've learned again good and bad from so I've tried to not be anyone specific but I think you pick up so much from different people along the way. Did you ever? You don't seem like a person who would fall out with people much. You seem quite <laughs> laid back. Uh, like, no, you I'm not. I'm, I don't. I tend not to fall. I try not. To, I'm not very. Um, I don't think I'm. I'm not overly aggressive with stuff like that. I'm not mm. listening if people make their decisions on my opinion or I disagree with someone else's opinion. I'm quite mindful of the fact that. You're, you're allowed your opinion mm. so as long as you have an, a, a right and a, and a way of explaining it that I can understand I might not agree that's fine I'm not I'm not going to go right well have a shower and, and slang him that's no point it's just again wasted energy um, is there people along my lifespan to this point that I've fallen away from that I don't speak to yeah but that's just normal but as into falling out with I'm not one to sit and argue Yes, not for me really. I don't. Interesting. It's interesting, but the reason I find it interesting is because on the pitch you are very, you know, um, like almost like a typical central defender, if you like a stereotypical st- central defender. 
dedicated, strong in the air, you know, all the things that you would look for in a central defender, I guess. Yeah. But actually, from the, what, 50 odd minutes I've been speaking to you, you're so laid back, it's unreal. <laughs> it's <laughs> a think, good quality. Yeah, though, yeah. But I, th- I think I've always tried to, and I've, if people have heard this before or not, I've always tried to be welcoming to everyone. So there's never a, a, a person or that I won't give the time of day to. Mm. Um, if you're not overly affectionate or want to give me that, then that's fine. That's down to you. That I'm, but even when I've been captain at the places I was when talking back about being a player, the same pretty much that I've been as a as a coach at this side is give everyone the opportunity, um, welcome everyone, and that's how I, I feel. That's how you you make better teams. Ultimately, I tried to do that as a captain, trying to do that as a coach. And give everyone the time of day, give everyone as much attention as each other. Um, and then, I think, again, you talk about building trust and relationships. I think, that, in my opinion, is the only way you can do it, really. Well, for me, like, um, I forget who it was, I was speaking to someone about this the other week. But, like, in a football team, whether it's a kids' team or a men's team, if you've got, say, a squad of 20, 25, whatever, that's 25 individual personalities. Mm. And, the chances that all 25 of those people are going to be are going to learn the same way or react positively to the same things is slim to none yeah. do you know what I mean and I, like for so long it did feel or certainly with hindsight I think it feels as if football was a bit behind on how yeah. it treated footballers and individuals to get the best yeah, out of it. I think obviously from my learning and understanding that every human being is different mm. they all learn different there's some again we can go through all I mean, some are visual learners some are audio some are physically want to be physically taught in a way that they're on the grass and learning that way so as long as you've got a balance of all of those aspects in your environment hopefully we have that people and players will First, understand on a human level that we're trying to t- teach because that's and develop in a certain way that is for everyone. Mm. Um, and again, some will need reminding because they might not absorb stuff in their in analyst room from a screen. But then, as soon as you put them on the grass and you do it that way, they pick it up and learn from there. So, as long as again you're in an environment where coaching staff know it, all the staff around the building know it, that everyone learns differently, then you can definitely deal with that. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, and like some, see, like I get really frustrated watching my youngest boy's team plays, and I well watching some of the other teams play because his coach is excellent, and how he deals with the kids. But when I see some of the teams we play against and how their coaches behave and, mm. and screaming and shouting, like I get quite upset by it because yeah. it's like they're thirteen, they want to just play football with their mates. Yeah. And you're like screaming at them because they've miscontrolled the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but but there are players also, you know, particularly in the professional game, who will react better to being sort of shouted at a bit. Yeah, and, but I think you can only do that once you've got a level of like a level of trust and uh, and, and a relationship between them before you can. Yeah, first conversation. If, if you've met someone once, so we signed someone yesterday. <laughs> they train today and you just like sure oh, no. I can't imagine it's going to go down too well no. so yeah and I think obviously younger age groups like I said my son's plays an under 12s team 
he's always looking for me for advice, which I've tried to not be too in his face with. I've always tried to let him let him enjoy playing football because he loves it. We do have conversations about what, like, if it's behavioural, then that's different. But if it's mm. just to play the game, I love the game. Go and make your own mistakes. Go and learn that way. You have to. Um, but yeah, there's again, there's all different ways of of helping and, and teaching. And I mean, I've watched. I've watched other coaches and teams that my son's played against and parents as well. Be a bit emotional with it, I think. We had a game abandoned last year because of the parents and coaches. And it's 12s. sad, isn't it, for the kids? Every so. five minutes, the ref, like the ball we got for throwing, they'd stop and have a go at the ref and over a throwing. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, you're well, teaching behaviours to children yeah. as well, I think, at that respect. But again, but even That's their players, part, their, yeah. their defenders were just like, at the end, they were kind of like, oh, just chap and let us play. Like, mm. They were getting frustrated with it because they just want to play football. Mm. You know, there was one or two who were kind of copying it, but the yeah. rest of them kind of just wanted... Yeah, we have this discussion all the time about the underage groups in our in our office and even if we're sat having lunch somewhere else or dinner because most of the staff have children and they play the game or play sport in some way. So it's just your experiences what you see and what we maybe think's right or wrong so I mean that's everywhere isn't it mm-hmm. 100% so I've got to stop saying that 100%, 100%. <laughs> so um, who do you think was your most underrated centre back partner oh good question underrated, underrated yeah yeah because you've had wow. some really really good centre across the whole my career that I had yeah um Fonte was one. He'd only come to Palace at the time and look at the career he's had mm. to speak to him. Ben Turner, obviously, he was just outstanding human being and what a tank. Um, such a good player. Um, underrated. Wow, good question. There's a good question. Underrated. I don't know who would be underrated because if they were playing and my partner they're probably not that underrated mm. in that respect now I mean there was we had a boy called Sorondo pretty sure that's right surname came from Inter Milan to Palace not really heard of him came in he was unbelievable mm-hmm. unbelievable it wasn't Palace for very long but pff, unbelievable player another one I hadn't heard I'd heard of Fitzall when he came to Palace when I was younger really good really really top centre half went on and had a great career as well I think when someone's asked me not the same question but slightly different in the fact that did I think Font say Fonts would go on and have the career he had probably say no I'd probably say the same to him as well mm. but to go and have the amount of games he played for Portugal and the career he's had and still playing now I think he's like 39 what year unbelievable and when he came I could have now still put my hand on it and say no I would not think he'd have had that career not to say he was bad he just so again that goes back to sort of another question about what you see of like potential players such a difficult answer to that there's no real specific answer some can see you can have a good career but at that level he went on and had a top top career is there any players you look back to like when, maybe when you were younger or maybe even just when you were established first team and you saw them coming through like young footballers you came through and you thought wow they're unbelievable 
and then for whatever reason didn't quite pan out for them and they didn't go away I've seen away. many many players come through and even youth teams that even my age groups most players were better than me mm. whether that be technically understanding the game and, and we spoke about I think at the beginning about the, the such a small percentage actually yeah. come through and I'm not saying to have a career you've got to play 80 plus 100 games and then elongate that on top some play could play 20 and you don't hear of them again might drop down the leagues and I've seen many of those players so many and it's it's sad really because some gifted individuals as well like some of my schoolmates one of my schoolmates was miles better than me he was at Chelsea I was at Fulham and ultimately I had a career and he didn't um, but he was miles better than me a different position but and then it's just the why and I'm, there's loads there's of answers to that there is luck there is 100% you can't say there isn't but it's copied you with 100% mm-hmm. it's um but that is something that this game has. It's a big fallout of lots of players. And you've just got to keep wanting it and enjoying it ultimately. Yeah, I had um, a sports psychologist on um, probably about 18 months ago now. And um, her job was literally to work with boys who have kind of been in the academy systems all their you know, childhood, basically. And then when... <coughs> the ones who kind of get to 16, 17 and don't get off of mm-hmm. the contract and they're suddenly like oh, right, what am I doing in my life? Yeah, yeah. Because it's difficult then, isn't it? Because they've been literally gone academy training or whatever, yeah. two, three times a week and if they're not in your situation where your mum said, right, if you want to go to football mm. you do your school and I'll take you yeah, where you yeah, want to yeah. go if they haven't got someone telling yeah. them that they literally haven't got anything to yeah, fall yeah. on. So that's some, that's what that's exactly what our charity is really. We've got it's called Go Again, and it is literally t- to start with was based on academy players being released with no real idea of what to do next. So, and there's a lot. Let me tell you, there's a lot of players across all the leagues you can think of and non-leaving down that have aspirations all the way through to 15, 16, like you said then nothing after when they get released and no idea really what to do so there's something that again we've we've tried to pick on and there's lots of charities and people that are dealing with it as well but it's something that we were mindful of that it's, like I said to go again the guy called Bob that we spoke about a few yeah. years ago now that we've tried to help along that way and it's progressed into coaches as well because there's so many so many fall out and don't really know where to turn after that do you know it's, it's a small world I spoke to Bob about a month ago or so yeah. maybe a bit longer just about the charity and yeah. stuff and um, Rodri was going to play actually and one of it they were doing a charity game yeah. like, and um, he brought, he's ruptured his Achilles oh, right. big nightmare nightmare is big time um, who's the uh, the most gifted silver haired right back you ever played with from Scotland oh it's got to be Kevin Norland Mr Norland I'm not singing his song by the way <laughs> I'm not doing that but yeah no, lots of players that I've played with here that I still speak to got a really good group tight knit group that we've we were always in contact so which is great and that's something that you, you take away from football as well that once you've been in and around people for so long that you're literally eating 
drinking and sleeping together um, you build these relationships so yeah no Kev we, we speak regularly what about um, like obviously that moment of being promoted was a long time coming for, for Cardiff fans I was say a long time ago then, yeah. it was a long time ago as well but it was a long time coming for um, for Cardiff fans because we had kind of come close and mm-hmm. kind of kept just missing out and things like what was that do you remember the moment where you finally kind of got over the line because that season was it was weird like we after years of missing out on you know goals in playoffs and yeah. things we kind of just momentum going yeah 1-0 1-0 yeah, we just that was what we had in abundance really was just a lot of a lot of graft a lot of grit no real we didn't look too far ahead dealt with the moment what we did um yeah, I mean, it felt just, I'd say it felt comfortable at the time. I think we just, we built so much momentum and belief. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From what we were doing, that you just knew you were going to games and, and get something from them. Uh, even when we maybe went behind, we just we knew what we were good at. But yeah, I think I remember the moment. Mm. <laughs> full elation I think it was I think we just yeah relief I think yeah just because you kind of know that it's coming obviously because you're, you're sort of at the top of the league and you know where the, the gaps are the points are coming the games are running out so you've got a feeling when it's coming so you know you're not too far away So, that, but there was never any hesitation that it was going to happen I don't think well, we never really hit like a rocky spell that season we kind of just kept Churning out those results. Churning out is probably about right, yeah. Just, uh, just crafting, yeah. It was a strange experience for a Cardiff fan because we never hit that sort of just that rocky spell where you're yeah. thinking, oh no, here we go. Which pretty much happens to everyone, I think. Yeah, Even if I've seen teams look right, they have a bit of a, a bad spell and they come on the other side of it and kick on again. So it's there's no wrong way or right way to go yeah. about it. But it was more of, like you said, it was just. Just a continuance, really, throughout the season of might have not been pretty, but <laughs> did the job. <laughs> did the job. Did yeah. the job. Um, what about like as a player? What was it like when all the rebrand stuff happened? I'm not asking you for your opinion one way or the other on it because I wouldn't put you in that position. But I am interested in what it was like for a player because you've got a lot going on. Which has got nothing to do with football. Again, all I can go back to is that we, as, as players or whatever, you can, you can only control what's controllable, really. Just got to get on and do your job. I think that's very distracting, though. I can't really go into it, if I'm honest. I think it's probably best not to. Yeah. No, it's fair. And I'm not. I'd like. I'm not looking to put you in. No, no. I think, I think the rebrand is something. Obviously, because I'm back, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, I probably fair. wouldn't. Would swear about that's fine. Um, let's talk one. about let's talk about the derby goal then instead. Let's talk about the derby goal, yeah. You meant it was that, a good goal, eh? You meant that, didn't you? <laughs> you didn't just clear it. No, I did mean it, yeah. I don't know, but again, 
yeah, I, I don't know why or what happened at that moment, but I definitely meant it at the time. Um, got a shout of shoot from however many thousand people on my right hand side. Shoot, great, good touch. I say, I say, great touch, great touch. Good, ex- touch. good execution, yeah, but I think I couldn't say in that moment that it was pre-planned because I don't think there's anything that's ever pre-planned in that respect it was just something that just happened but knowing that's what I was trying to do it Um, wasn't necessarily something like you'd seen the keeper off his line five minutes before no no not like I said not pre-planned or anything it just felt like that moment something suddenly clicked a bit of clarity and obviously execution when it's happening probably better than most of the times I tried to do it yeah 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 I remember it well I've watched it a few times since not too many but I've watched it a few and I'm like literally watch it all the time but watch it every night before you go (laughs) I've got it on my screensaver but um, yeah and then go home that night which is obviously the weirdest bit is after really and then you're getting like say for instance Sky Sports ring and say Mm -hmm. do you want to come back down the stadium tomorrow and try and reenact it and you're like Absolutely not. No. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> it's not That's as if that was impossible to do it again. But yeah, I mean, I was lucky to be part of obviously a, a magical moment for me and myself in that that in that way. And Something which lives on forever in there because you don't see many of those. Although we've seen probably more since. since. Yeah, yeah. I don't think obviously if we were maybe in the Premier League, we might have got a bit more exposure, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? But it's, it's a weird thing, come down the stadium and reenact it. Uh, well, imagine did. how awkward that would be if you'd gone down there to reenact it. And I did say straight away, I did say straight away, it was just like, what, if we come down, what, put my kit back on the stadium and reenact it? I was like, absolutely not. So, you never just, just, like, just leave it as the one off. Yeah. Just be <laughs> oh, well, yeah, like, not, like normal. Look at it, brutal. Just as we kind of finish off, I'll fire a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, just about some players and mm-hmm. uh, different things. Um, what was what was it like when Craig Bellamy came to the club? Because um, he's got a bit of a reputation as being a bit prickly, but everyone who I have spoken to says that they like were so impressed by his professionalism, and he obviously brought his own um, fitness coaches yeah. and stuff like that. And I know, like when we had. Um, Jay on with me and Kev he said like watching Craig Bellamy train yeah changed how he looked after himself and that's why he's still yeah still going yeah 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 you cannot question his professionalism with the game at all not at all I think uh, he brought the level of training up his expectations of everything around him and the setup was of the highest level as you can expect from where he'd been I think our relationship was good I think we had a mutual respect I treated him obviously as someone that's played the game at the highest level, but also in the fact that I treated him not like as an old human being. Yeah. Um, and we got on, we got on well. And I respected the fact that the club had managed to make that happen. And he came in and he wore the armband when he played. And I was club captain around the rest of the time at the, at the club. And if there was an issue, we dealt with it. Um, but yeah, he's his training, training, his work ethic was. Right up there. Is that weird to have a effectively like a club captain, which was you, and then obviously he was wearing the captain's armband as well, or was it just? A oh, D- Dave. To be fair, Dave spoke to me at the time, said that uh, he got an opportunity possibly to get Craig Bellamy to the club. Um, Were you surprised get... when he said that? Of 
course, you're a bit shocked. Like he's got, he's a good age still. He's definitely got a lot to offer. I was like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that's what's going to help getting through the door. <laughs> absolutely fine. So I just went about. I never, as soon as that conversation was done, I never really, I never thought about it again. Just obviously, I love wearing the armband. That's fine. But I didn't change how I was off the pitch to being as I was on the pitch, with or without it. So. So it didn't make too much difference either. Not really, no. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he was he was still like obviously he, I think when he signed he was coming off the season where he had taken um Real Ferdinand apart from Man City. Yeah, like, that's right. You know, yeah. it was like yeah, it's it was such a weird thing because yeah. he was still young. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, thirty one, a lot to offer. Had to manage himself, which he did. Which and he scored, yeah, he did, yeah, an unbelievable mm-hmm. strike and some important goals. I think I watched them back the other day. There was something, there was a reel going around that he's all his all his goals that he scored. You forget how many he did, um, and the impact again. The impact on the level of training would be just taking it up a notch with every every single bit, and it, it wanted to push people wanted to push on because of it. So, I think when you've got someone through the door like that, then you, you can't help but try and raise your level. Um, tell me. Why did Dave Jones get the best out of Jay? Why did he? Yeah. Why was it? And really, like, and um, I think I've got a tremendous amount of respect for yeah. Jay. Like, I yeah, of course, say, I still so speak to Jay now. Um, and I think I think he was like a father figure to the front line at that point. And that wasn't just the front line; that was how he probably saw his role as a manager maybe at the time and that's just me guessing I didn't mm. I wouldn't know if that was the, the, yeah. the real what was behind it but he if there was issues he dealt with it individually with each player um, if there was something that he could help with put an arm around knew and he just I think Jay liked that but uh, again speaking to Jay since we've got um, again a mutual understanding of what he liked that I would always keep pushing him tell him what I thought and he would say his piece and then we would still get on so I think there was that within the group as well which was good we had an understanding of each other and I think with Jay obviously the manager at the time I think they had that understanding as well yeah like he's got this reputation as being difficult as a footballer to deal with or whatever but from the outside at least I never saw that at Cardiff like you could see sometimes maybe he was a bit frustrated or whatever but generally he just looked like someone who was incredibly gifted. Oh, he was gifted. He had, I've told him that as well. He said he probably had a bit of everything. I mean, for his type of player now, you're looking at a fortune. There's no one. I had this conversation with Roger last week on Thursday because he's a United fan, isn't he? Yeah. And he's like, we're on about strikers. But there's no number nines anywhere, yeah. is it? Yeah. There's no one plays with them. Yeah, I know you look at it like he had pace, he had power, left footed, good in the air, touch was good, feet was good, could dribble. And he's got everything, really. And that that was my bit that I've spoke to him since, so I'm not saying anything out of line, mm. but had everything. Like, could have been literally there for a long period of time. And not say that he didn't have a career, that he, he had a good career, and longevity as well in the game. So Still going? Still going. He's still, still got it, yeah. It's mad. Yeah, I know, yeah, but like I said, yeah, we, again, we speak, we spoke regularly, so, yeah, but he, when I, I look back, I think he had everything. Um, last two questions first one is um, were you captain uh, when 
the fire in, the fire extinguisher incident happened with Tom Heaton and Kevin McNaughton and that. Chef okay. told the story. <laughs> I just wondered if you were the ca- if you were skipper then, or if you, it was before. Or I think I, I've no, no. I think I was. Um, yeah, I was there with Heats. I was there with fine. I think. Yeah, the team that I remember. Yeah, I was captain at the time. I was asleep. Like a good captain, sleeping ready for the yeah, next day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Professional. Don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, and what I like to finish these shows off with, mate, is um, Mark Hudson. What's the meaning of life? Oh, wow. What? Uh, nice easy question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have we got left? Mm-hmm. I think the meaning of life is to leave an imprint on people in a positive way. Um, and that would be my children, the people I've come in contact with, and my wife, my family, parents, and literally leave for left the earth today, which touch words not going to happen, that they'll all remember me for having an impact in a positive way good shot I like that a lot um, firstly thank you very much for coming in mate really really appreciate it Pleasure. I've had a great time and I could sit here and talk to you for another hour yeah. but um, I think the eat sick media people might get angry yeah yeah and the room's getting rather all the time real hot in here <laughs> um, and yeah secondly uh, like, I apologise for saying 100% if I was 16 no I've probably got I've got my wife for telling me the same she'll be telling me something I'll repeat all yeah. the time I just uh, yeah, so no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And um, you're most definitely welcome to come back anytime. Maybe we can do a part two. Yeah, we'll see how this goes down yeah, first, yeah, and then yeah, we'll, we'll be it. back. That's it, um, guys. Subscribe, like all that good stuff, and uh, of course check out Mark Hudson at Cardiff City. And uh, if you want to see one of the best goals ever, just YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Mark Hudson, own half. <laughs> tag him. <laughs> Got to tag him and give him your opinion. There's nothing footballers like more than, than hearing your opinion. Yeah, re- good recognition, I think. That's the word. Right, cool. Right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.